0: Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Therese. I'm a Dominican friar and a son of the English province and from next week we're going to be going back to our usual program uh, of half an hour, although I think it's The next one's probably going to be slightly longer than half an hour. Uh, We have Brother Albert Robertson with us talking about the Reformation in England. And the reason why we decided to do an episode on the Reformation in England is because one of our listeners suggested it. So thank you very much for that. And if you have any more suggestions, feel free to comment uh, on the podcast and we will do um, as many of those as we can. So thank you very much. We've also decided, uh, following some feedback, to carry on with the Reflections. So hopefully in the future, the Reflections will be released on Tuesdays. And uh, from Saturday the 18th, our usual uh, half an hour programme will uh, carry on. And as I say, the first episode will be, from that listener's suggestion, on the Reformation in England also just a quick word to say thank you very much for your support and if you uh, haven't subscribed already please subscribe on uh, either apple podcasts or uh, i think we're also on spotify now google podcasts and podbean um, and please do continue to share the podcast uh, with others we really appreciate your support and i know that dan and myself uh, we both uh, keep you all in our prayers so thank you very much In our last reflection, we spoke about the dignity of God's beloved, the dignity uh, for whom Christ lived and died and rose for. St. Paul and St. John and the scriptures more generally make clear that Christ died for all. In the first letter of St. John, Jesus, it is said, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but the sins for the whole world. Being the beloved of the Most High gives us an inalienable dignity, a dignity that can't be taken away from us, even by those who don't recognize that we have that dignity, even from those people who don't give uh, us the respect that we deserve, even if we do give them the respect uh, that that they deserve being a beloved child of God. I think... It was Pope John Paul II who said that you're not the sum total of your failures or of your sins, but of the great love of the Father. Uh, the, the, you are the sum total of the Father's love for you. And it's only love which is the acceptable way to treat another human being. So John Paul II makes it clear that we're made by love, for love, and it's only in love that we are can flourish as human beings, and never mind flourish, but even survive as human beings. We need love to survive and to flourish, and so then the only acceptable way to treat others and to treat ourselves is one of a well-ordered love. So then we have spoken a bit about some of the responsibilities of being the beloved child of God, we've spoken about the importance of keeping the commandments, and there's there's. One responsibility in particular, which I think is often overlooked, and it's both a right and a duty. And it's something so important to the church that she enshrines it in her law. And that's the right to a good name. We all have the right to enjoy a good name. Everybody who you meet, the catechism says, has the natural right to enjoy a good name. So this also means then that we should be wary of damaging the good reputation of others. We should try to take the benign interpretation, as the Catechism says. We should be careful not to commit the sin of calumny or to speak too quickly. Uh, We should avoid rash judgment of others, jumping to conclusions. And we should be careful of passing on damaging or harmful information about others without having a good cause. It also means that we should protect our own good name by following St. Paul's advice in 2 Corinthians, that we should commend ourselves by our behavior in every way, so that we do not put an obstacle in someone's way, so that no one can discredit our ministry by our bad behavior. In the Catechism, I just want to focus in on what rash judgment is, what is detraction? what is calumny? What is it that, that we owe to somebody else in justice? And to give you the places where you can look, look this up. So in the catechism, if you go to 2477, you'll find a definition of these things. So respect for the reputation of a person forbids every attitude and word likely to cause them unjust injury. He becomes guilty of rash judgment, who even tacitly assumes is true without sufficient foundation the moral fault of a neighbor of detraction who, without objectively valid reason, discloses another's faults and failings to persons who did not know them of calumny who by remarks contrary to the truth, harms the reputation of others and gives occasion for false judgments concerning them to avoid rash judgment, everyone should be careful to interpret in so far as possible his neighbor's thoughts, words, and deeds in a favourable way. The Catechism quotes St Ignatius of Loyola as saying, every good Christian ought to be more ready to give a favourable interpretation to another statement than to condemn it. But if he cannot do so, let him ask how the other understands it. And if the latter understands it badly, let the former correct him with love. If that does not suffice, let the Christian try all suitable ways to bring the other to a correct interpretation so that he may be saved. We see then the importance that the church gives to respecting somebody's right in justice and charity to enjoy a good name. And we protect our own good name and the good name of others best by living a Christ-like life. I remember when I was growing up, I remember my nan, my grandmother, telling me about ladies who used to clean their front step uh, in front of their house they kept, like, like my grandmother kept, a humble working class home. And one of the things that they valued most was their good name. And in many cases, all they had was their faith, their family, and their reputation. I remember my aunt saying that people would say things like, um, you know, people can say what they want about us. They might judge us, but they, can, they can't say that we're not good, honest people. Having this clean step then becomes a symbol of doing your best and being honest and hardworking, being a good citizen and running a home of of good morals. And the first people to suffer when we lose sight of the importance of respect for somebody's good name, of honoring somebody else's beloved child of God, the first people to suffer are the innocent. Innocent people, particularly innocent poor people, especially historically, But I think even today, the uns of society, the undeniable, the unloved, sorry, uh, sorry, the undesirable, (laughs) the unloved, the unappreciated, the undervalued have been falsely sent to prison at, at times. Or even killed because somebody has unjustly harmed their good name. We shouldn't underestimate the importance of honoring someone's good name as a beloved child of God that first fundamental building block of their, of their identity, their right to be known as a beloved child of God for somebody whom Christ died. And it's something that we owe them in justice and in charity, all things being equal. There's another story which comes to my mind, a story of Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta was going, uh, she was in New York, she was giving an interview during the time that gay pride was happening and she was asked what her opinion was of gay people and what was going on with gay pride. And St. Teresa replied, you mean to say, what's my opinion of beloved children of God? Well, when you phrase the question like that, you can see what a stupid, uh, silly, baiting question this is. You mean beloved children of God? You're, asking, you're really asking me my opinion of beloved children of God? Mother Teresa reframes the question in terms of a fundamental truth, which illuminates how silly this question was. And she did so by recognizing the dignity of another human being, recognizing their right to enjoy a good name. What a beautiful name to enjoy. Beloved child of God. If we really took this name to heart and if we refused to obscure it ourselves, then we would treat each other, I think, and ourselves very differently. So then over this next week, let's ask ourselves before we complain about others or before we post something on Twitter or if we see somebody else doing these, doing these things, let's ask ourselves, does this really need to be said? Is this really accurate? And let's ask ourselves, how can I best show somebody else that they too are a beloved child of God? Created by the love of God, for the love of God, and for whom only love is acceptable. God bless you.